Tisov shoots it deflected right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Stastny stopped by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Even as Peter Stastny. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him. As Frankie Sparkling on that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Stastny. He should get 5 to 10 for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host, Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week's episode is a special one for me as I talk to my college goalie coach from St. Mary's University of Minnesota, Donnie Netto, and ask him what the heck were they thinking when they chose me to be the final goalie out of 24 my freshman year. But before I talk to Donnie, let's take a short break. Hey everybody, Joe here for Anchor, the podcast provider. Here's all you really need to know. One, it's free, and two, Tendy Talk uses it. Anchor has features for your podcast like voicemail and listener support that's all available free through the Anchor app or through anchor.fm. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your episodes easily from your phone or computer, then Anchor does the hard work of distributing your episode through all the major podcast distributors. That is, after you've registered with them, of course. You can also make money for your podcast. I know I will try and do so, so that I can cover simple costs like website hosting. There is no minimum listenership required for you to start earning, so you can start right away. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the show. Donnie, thank you for joining me. Uh, I've been excited to get you on the podcast since you said yes. Um, so thanks for joining. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's been a long time. It has. It has. It was funny. I was talking to uh, Eric Richardson for episode two, and uh, we, we had a few stories to tell about you after, after oh, the recording. Um, <laughs> he and I think we, we might have to have an episode where it's uh, a St. Mary's goalie roundtable with you. There you go. Get guys you like go. Rogalski and S on here, too. Tell you what, those two, those two uh, you know, of all the goalies that, that, uh, that I've coached, it's, it's neat to see what they've done with their knowledge yep. of, uh, of goaltending. You know, both of them have really become you know, very good goalie coaches. I know Ryan has been helping out here at St. Mary's and, yep. and, you know, Dave, my gosh, what Dave is doing is just, uh, it's just been awesome. And, you know, it's fun when you see them have success and you can at least just say, you know what, I worked with them yeah. when they were at St. Mary's. So that's, yep. that's kind of neat. Yeah. My first year coaching after college, uh, I didn't do much with the kid, but he wound up going to Ohio state and was in the running for the Hobie Baker for a while. And I wow. just, I worked with them. I didn't yeah. do much with yeah. them. I just told them, Hey, good game. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it was interesting when we look at that group of goalies, when I was there, we really worked together and watched each other and gave each other, you know, input on what we were seeing. And, you know, other teams I've played on where if another goalie talks to you, they're, you're kind of like, I'm a little, you know, we're competing, but it, it, for whatever reason, that that time there, we all just got along and knew we were trying to help each other, and that, you know, that was found, fun. I found in all the years that I that I coached here, um, most of the time you had that 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 good camaraderie, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that that the goalies that I always worked with, they always pushed each other. It yep. wasn't, of course, there's competition, you know, you always and you want competition, but I think it was a healthy competition in that in that you know, they weren't, they won't, weren't cutthroat. It's, it's like, Oh, you're starting. Well, I'm not talking to you. Because, right. You know, and I always think that uh, I, I think back to all the pairs that, that you had and, and, you know, they were all pretty good friends. And, mm-hmm. and, and really, I think that that's important, especially in, in, you know, in college hockey to, to, you know, you've, you've got to have your, your buddies and, and yeah. really, I mean, a goalie, you're, you're, you're kind of in an Island. And yep. so, um, you know, to have to have at least a couple of people that can be on that island with you is uh, is always a good thing to have. Well, and I think on our island, he wasn't a goalie, but Hopper was a goalie mentally, and yep. <laughs> so I he was always right. on our side too. Absolutely, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I always joked with him. I said, "You're a goalie trapped in a forward's body." <laughs> yeah, Aaron was. Aaron was. Uh, he was an interesting one. I, I remember you know, practices where he would go down and, you know, as a, as an assistant coach, he would go down and block shots 
without any equipment. I was like, Aaron, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yep, exactly. So I want to dig into uh, your background a little bit, Donnie. You know, I, I know you grew up in Woodbury and in that part of Minnesota, in the whole state, hockey is the game. But how did you get into the game of hockey and why? And why did you choose to play goalie? Well, you know, the, the, the sad part about this story is, is I have to use the back in my day. And, uh, you know, you never really want to do that. But um, uh, my dad, my dad played hockey and uh, never, you know, never went anywhere, college or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, he loved the game of hockey, got me into it when I was, you know, was really little. And, and um, you know, I started playing as a as a squirt and, you know, the the back in my day, but when I played, when I played as a squirt, we played outside, you know, mm-hmm. and you stood in the snowbank and that was the bench. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, um, you know, it was cold and you shoveled the rink and you did, you know, you really, you really, really, I'm not kidding you. You did all those things that, that you hear stories about. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but I just became enthralled with, with the goalie, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I started, I started playing goalie as a, as a squirt. And, you know, just never stopped. And, mm-hmm. you know, I started out wearing just regular player skates. And, you know, back then we didn't even have toques. They were just steel blades and they kept denting because, you know, <laughs> in the day when, when you used skate saves, not, uh, you know, not the butterfly of today. And, and uh, you know, I keep denting my skates and my dad would have to buy me new skates. And it was just, uh, you know, it was just a crazy thing. But, um, you know, I played, I played all the way up through, uh, you know, freshman year of college. Um, we, we finally got indoor, uh, my peewee, once I got to a peewee, we started playing indoors, but we, in Woodbury, when I lived in Woodbury, um, for those that don't know Woodbury, uh, there was about 3000 people in Woodbury when I lived there, there's about 60,000 now. Yeah. So yep. it was a whole different, it was a whole different time. We didn't have an indoor rink and, and, uh, so we actually went to River Falls, Wisconsin, and that's, that was quote unquote, our, our home rink. So we would travel there to to practice and to play. And, you know, I certainly give my dad a lot of credit for, you know, to, for, you know, he would coach and, and uh, kind of spearhead getting the ice in river falls and taking all the kids over there. And, um, you know, and, and uh, it, um, you know, it followed through. I played high school for, for Steve Romanchuk at, uh, at Woodbury and, and uh, came here to St. Mary's and, you know, was, was hoping to play. And uh, just so happened that my freshman year was a goalie's, sophomore year and his name was Greg Dick and Greg uh, was coming off of a freshman year in which he was drafted by the Winnipeg Jets so I kind of saw the writing on the wall that uh, (laughs) you know I probably wasn't going to see much uh, much playing time and they also had another uh, another sophomore at that time Jeff Duncan who was was just a step below Greg in terms of talent and and so I I hung up the pads as a as a competitive goalie and and kind of got into um a little bit of what I'm doing now and you know worked with Don Olson and you know he let me hang around the team and and kind of be a you know his kind of his go-to guy when whatever it was he would need and uh, that's kind of how I got into the coaching world is is just working with Don and and uh you know um it's it's funny you talk about uh you know you look back at how you started your career as a goalie and then you see your oldest son literally kind of following your footsteps and you, me following my dad's footsteps as the person who was the coach and, you yep. know, and it's, it's kind of funny how, uh, how everything just kind of comes around uh, full circle. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that term back in your day and you, you alluded to the equipment a little bit with the, the steel uh, blades and without the two, what kind of equipment did you have back then? And, and oh I asked this question seriously, not just, you know, as a joke, but you know, were goalies wearing masks on a regular basis? Then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, we had, we, well, actually the, the funny story is as a squirt, I wore a Tony Esposito street hockey mask. That's, <laughs> that's what I wore. And uh, you know, I got to paint it all up and, but it was a, it was not a, you know, hex certified or anything like that. It was a, a little Tony Esposito mask, but uh, I actually went right to a, um, a full cage. Uh, you know, I tried out at that time, you know, if you, if you think back to, to the days of Bernie Perrant and, mm-hmm. and those, you know, that, that full molded mask, um, tried that for a year and got hit a couple of times and that hurt. And yeah. so we, we got rid of that mask really fast, but the equipment was, you know, definitely nothing like you guys you know like you had when you played or what they have now I mean I would love to be a goalie 
in today's in today's world, my gosh, the, the stuff that they have and how light it is. Yep. You know, I had the old leather pads and they got wet and they got heavy and and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was complete. When I was a squirt, I used a baseball glove as a catcher's mitt. You know, as your as your catch glove because the the catch gloves that they had, the old Cooper gloves, were too stiff and you couldn't. You know, I was I was mm-hmm. nine years old. I couldn't squeeze it, so I used a baseball <laughs> glove. And you know, so it uh, times are definitely uh, very different now in terms of in terms of equipment and and uh, you know, I don't like to sound like an like an old man, but uh, you know, it really was very different. And and uh, you know, funny story is um, when Richie Eric, your guest last week, graduated from St. Mary's, he sold my oldest son Andy his Brian's. Yeah, I remember pack. that. Yeah, and he, used in, he used those in high school, and and uh, you know it's 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 funny how uh, um, you know the, the equipment has just changed so much. Yeah, you know? well, I'm still using my Vons I had at St. Mary's. They're 20 years old now, and yeah, yeah they're they're kind of old. Yeah, yeah. but it's stuff. It is, and and you know I've I've put on Andy's pads. You know he still plays. Uh, yeah, you know the 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 old timers league whatnot, um, and it's amazing. I mean, they, they weren't, they weigh nothing. Yeah. They're worn, they're worn completely different from what, you know, what I used to do. I mean, I used to wear my pads tight, yeah. you know, all the way up to the top. And these guys got this, you know, the big flap at the top and it's all loose. And I, I, I personally couldn't play today just because it's just the, the way the equipment is worn is just so different. That's one of my apprehensions of getting new equipment. I mean, there's no leather straps anymore. There's no buckles going under the skate. I still have right. two. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it's, it's just different. It's, it's funny how it's changed. Yeah. When, when you started, did you have the two piece chest protector like I did or? Yeah, yeah. it did. Absolutely. And the, and the, it was about a quarter inch thick. The arm protectors were worthless because yeah. all it was was a little piece of foam stuck in a little pocket. Yeah. yeah it, um, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a different time and, you know, Granted, I think that the players are better now. I think they shoot harder. I think, you know, so, so that part is, is part of it too. But, you know, I think that um, it's just, you know, that's what, that's what it was back then. I mean, that was as good as it got, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I don't think, you know, for me, I didn't know any better. You right. know, this, you're the goalie and this is what you wore. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's easy to look back now and say, man, how did you ever do it? But, you know, that's what it was. It, well, it, it was just that way. And our eras too you could tell the goalies by the bruises. If your goalie mm-hmm. didn't have bruises, right. you worried about what kind of goalie he was. Today, right. they don't even right. feel it. They, they complain yeah. because they get a bruise. Right. <laughs> you know? So that, that's how far the game has gone. Now, you alluded to it a little bit. When you were a freshman, you saw the writing on the wall. You were going to St. Mary's uh, to pursue a journalism degree. Um, what got you interested in journalism? Well, you know, I've always liked to write. Even when I was in in, uh, in high school, I enjoyed writing. I mm-hmm. liked to write, and obviously, I love sports. So it just kind of was a, a was a natural um, a natural fit. And and my sophomore year, I had a class with a, a fellow named Kevin McGrath, and he was at the time he was working part time at the one owner Daily News, and took me along to one of his. Uh, he had to cover a cross country meet in Rochester, and took me along, and you know, I kind of saw what he was doing, and. Mm-hmm and how he was doing what he's doing. And, and I'm like, you know what, this is pretty interesting. And I, uh, you know, I, I think I might like this. So I, um, you know, I, I kind of switched from my communications major to a turn to a journalism major and, and uh, spent a lot of time at the one on a daily news. And, and um, you know, I really, I mean, I spent, you know, I worked part-time there for three years and, and interned there. And, and, you know, that's where I learned the business, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's um, and, and I, you know, I spent, I spent 10 years as a, as a sports reporter and sports editor before I got the job here at St. Mary's. And, you know, it was a great time. I got to yeah. do some, some amazing things. I got to meet some, some really neat people interviewed Wayne Gretzky one-on-one, which is probably my all time claim to fame. I covered two world series. And uh, so I, you know, I got to do, you know, I covered the Vikings for a little bit. And so uh, it was very fun. It was a, it was a fun time. I got to, you know, you got to be creative and you got to just write and, and, uh, you know, then the job here came up and, and here I am 26 yeah. years later. And, and that's a great segue. So it's no mystery as to why you applied for the sports info uh, role, because you love the school. And, and I think if you talk to anybody over the past 26 years, if 
they think St. Mary's sports, they think of you. Um, quite honestly, you know, everybody who has come through those doors, whether they've played uh, on a team or not, they know who you are because of your dedication to the school too. Um, and that work hasn't been overlooked either. Uh, you're part of the class of 2021 Hall of Fame. Yeah. It, what what was that like? I saw the video. It, it, it was a little emotional for you, but uh, you had to have known it was coming at some point. Well, you know, it's it, anytime you think about being in a in a profession as long as I've been in this one and and you know the 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 sports hall of fame is is for athletes Mm -hmm. you know and and so to be just the second non-coach non-athlete to be inducted into the sports hall of fame is that's a pretty big honor you know and it's Mm -hmm. I mean I can't wait for March when when they have the induction ceremony I'm not gonna lie to you I'm I'm extremely excited (laughs) I'm extremely nervous you know I'm get up there and blubber my way through a, through a speech. But, you know, St. Mary's has been very special to me for, for so many years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm an 85 grad of here and, and uh, met my wife here. Both my kids went to St. Mary's and, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like a culmination of everything you've, you've done. You know, you don't do, nobody does their job to be a hall of famer. That's not right. why you do what you do. Uh, you do what you do because you love doing it. And, and, and I love the people and, you know, for you to say what you said, um, leading up to this, that, that means a lot because, you know, I've met a lot of students, a lot of people here that I still keep in contact with. And, and I cherish that. And I always make the, I always make the joke aside from the hockey players. When I coached, you, you meet them as freshmen because you take their mug shots. <laughs> and then by their junior year, they've become to get to know you. And then mm-hmm. by the senior year, they're coming in and they're sitting down in your office and they're talking to you and you're like, where were you three years ago? You know, you, you, you finally get to know them as a, as a real, you know, as a real person and they're graduating, you know? And, and yep. so it's, it's, I'm very lucky that I get to do that. I get to, you know, I get to meet so many people and I get to have great conversations and I get to see people. I really get to see people grow, mm-hmm. you know, and you, I mean, look at yourself, look where you were as a freshman. And then when you left as a, as a senior, it's like, it's like two different people. And, yep. and, and I get to literally see that happen to hundreds of people. You know, we have, we have, you know, 300 student athletes and, and in some way, shape or form, I have talked to and, and conversed with probably 200 of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's very rewarding. It's a, it's a, it's a great job. I love what I do. And, and, you know, come March when, when I get, you know, when I, when I am, officially <laughs> I'm going to be very proud to say that I'm a hall of famer. That's uh, there's well, no, you should be. no doubt about that. Absolutely. And you know, I, I still remember, I, I think it was that first summer we were working hockey camp together. You said something to me that really has stuck with me since, and I've used it with kids I've coached and my own kids. And it was uh, respect is earned, not given. That's right. It, you know, and, and I think that's the way you carried yourself with us student athletes is, Hey, I'm going to be nice to you but you got to earn that respect. Um, You know, Coach Olson, uh, he had some comments I remember reading, you know, just saying how you were the best and most important hire he ever made as athletic director um, because you helped bring Cardinal Athletics to what it is now. It was you who I think it was said. Coach Olson didn't talk much in meetings, but when he did, people perked up and listened. To have him say that, what what did that mean to you? Well, Coach O, Coach o has been such a – he's been such an important part of my life from the day I got to St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, like the story I told you, I'm, you know, I, I didn't play – I didn't get to play for him, um, but I got to work with him. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it went from – it went from him being my coach to him being my mentor to him being my friend. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, we still converse – weekly you know we'll shoot each other a text hey how's it going mm-hmm. um you know he's he is just he is a class act top to bottom you yep. know and and um just he 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 respects you as people he you know he gives you him he 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 allowed me to learn you yep. know he taught me how to coach i mean you know i never i never dreamed of being a coach he gave me the opportunity to be the goalie coach you know he came to me and said hey you know, you've got a knack for this. You want to, you want to give it a try. I, I need a goalie coach. You want to help me out. And, you know, it's like, wow, you're going to, you know, I'm, you know, just back. So I'm, you know, it's 26 years ago. And, and uh, he's like, you know, I'd love to have you on the staff. And I mean, 
it's so hard to put into words what what he what he has meant to me. I mean, I I, I don't respect that anybody more than I respect him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's just been he's always there for you. You know, right. and he always was when he was coaching here, when he was AD, if anybody had a problem, his door was always open. And uh, it was a sad day when he left, yeah. you know, and, and it was for me just because I was losing, you know, like I said, I was losing somebody who was not only my coach, but my mentor and my friend. And, uh, you know, I was glad to see him get the job at Scholastica to get, you know, to continue on. And now he's enjoying retirement up, uh, up in the Duluth area. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we had some, we had some fun times together. We used to, we used to always, every day when he was, when he was coaching here, every day we'd walk to the bookstore, he and I, mm-hmm. at nine o'clock in the morning, we'd go to the bookstore and we'd buy a pop and we'd probably spend, you know, 15, it, it takes you what, about three minutes to walk to the yeah. bookstore? <laughs> well, it'd take us about a half an hour to get back. Cause we would just, we would just sit in, you know, maybe the president's room or maybe outside and we'd just talk yep. you know, we talk about whether it be, you know, what the, what the you know, practice plan was going to be for the week or maybe just, you know, how's Didi doing or how's Linda doing? We would just talk and we do it every single day. And people would just pretty soon after a while, people go, oh, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> Honey and Don are going to get their, going to get their pops. And, and it was just kind of our time to be together and, and just the two of us. And we just, you know, we would just have conversations and, yep. and uh, it's just, we just had a, we have a great relationship, the two of us. And, and, um, you know, we always cherish every time, uh, either he comes down here or we get together at an outing. It's just, you know, he's just, just such a nice person to be around. I got a message from Aaron Hopper. I think it was last year. He goes, you're never going to guess who's my, who my assistant coach is this year. And I said, no idea. And he said, coach Olson was just coming out coaching youth hockey with him. Uh, you know, just to be around the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he has such a wealth of, of knowledge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just to, you know, just to sit down and talk hockey with him. And, you know, he truly, the thing with Coach O is, is he truly gives you everything he's got, whether it be youth Mm -hmm. hockey or college hockey or high school hockey, whatever it is. I remember when I was here and I was helping, not not only did I help Don, but I also helped the the high school team. Mm -hmm. I was the assistant coach of the high school team. And he would, he would take time out of his day to sit down with Fran and I and talk, you know, systems or talk, whatever it may be that, that we would need help with or the youth association would need help with. And he was always there to, to, to lend a hand. And I mean, he's just got so much knowledge of hockey that it's just, you know, Aaron's very lucky if he's, if he's got coach. Olsen. Yes. <laughs> now you touch on the fact that, so you were coaching at St. Mary's, you were coaching at the high school level because he had boys going through uh, Winona senior high and you helped out at the youth level while still doing your day job as a sports info director, which at St. Mary's at the time was you were the sports information department. And still am. <laughs> when, when did you sleep and when did you see Dee? <laughs> the, the, the one thing, the one thing when my, I was very lucky because when my kids were little, when my kids were growing up through hockey, my job was a little bit different. You know, yeah. the internet wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a 24, seven, 365 job. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you actually could, could create hours. You know, we didn't have live stats or we didn't have live video. So that part of the job, I didn't have to be there for. So I was able to, I mean, there, there was one, there was one point where I coached um, Bantam team, a high school team and worked with coach O at the same time. And, you know, it just, it took a lot of planning, but, mm-hmm. but like I said, in the very beginning, my dad instilled in me that, that, um, you know, I always feel like, I was a good coach. I was very knowledgeable. And if I can provide that to my kids teams or whoever it may be, then I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when Andy moved up to, uh, to high school, um, Fran McDivitt took over the high school program that year and I asked me to be his assistant. And I'm like, I would absolutely love to, cause I had never coached at the high school level and wanted to keep going with my son because I had done it all the way through squirts and yeah, and uh, stayed with uh, stayed with Fran for through through Andy's four years. Then there was a two year gap, and then Joey came through. And then uh, two years after that, because of uh, you know because of my um, my my eye disease, I just hung it up and just said you know I can't I can't do this anymore. So um, you know so I was I was in coaching for a very very long time, and um, you know I still miss it to this day. I I really enjoyed it. I love working. I actually love working with with the youth. 
Mm-hmm. I love just teaching them how to pass, how to skate, how to, you know, how to love the game, you know? And I think that sometimes that gets forgotten. It's just, you know what? It's a game. Yep. Go out and play, you know, there, everybody is so caught up in, well, we need to play, you know, we need to travel two hours and play a game and we need to, you know, do this. You know what? Just go out and play. It's like you were saying off, uh, uh, you know, before we started the thing that you're making a rink in your backyard, the kids just need to play, yep. let them play. You know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's going out and go out with them and, you know, skate around and, and, uh, you know, just, just have fun and enjoy that amazing sport of hockey. Those three summers I worked the, uh, summer hockey camp, those kids, they were there just having fun, just playing the game. But as soon as they went to bed, all of us counselors were out on that ice for about four hours every night, just playing. Exactly. Structured, just having fun. You know, it didn't matter if the puck went in the net or not. We were just having yeah. a good time competing against each other. Yeah. You know, those camps, so seven weeks of that was too much. <laughs> I don't know how we did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, they, they were fun though, at least for us counselors. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a good use of my summertime. Otherwise I would have been home in Chicago getting in trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned your boys coming up and, going to St. Mary's, I know how special it was for me to put that jersey on the first time. What was it like to see both of your boys wear the St. Mary's jersey? It was, the program? you know, it's, I always, I always joke, first off, I joke that for eight years I got paid to watch my kids play hockey. It was pretty <laughs> dang cool. Um, you know, it was, it was, I'll, I'll never forget the first day that Andy stepped out and Andy dreamed since he was 10 years old mm-hmm. of, you know, of, of playing for St. Mary's. I mean, he would be at every game, obviously, cause I yeah. worked there, but he'd be at every game and, you know, he'd go into the locker room and get autographs from the players. And, you know, someday I'm going to do this. And, and, um, you know, he, uh, when, when he lived that dream and, and, and stepped out on the ice in a white, you know, white St. Mary's Jersey, it's just like, you know, you, 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 as a parent, you're, you're extremely, you're extremely proud. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot of work. It took a lot of work for both of them to get to that level. And, you know, you see a lot of kids that come out of high school and, and high school is the end for them. Mm-hmm. And for, for both Andy and Joy to, to go on and play four years of, of college hockey is, you know, it's pretty special. I think it was, I think it was harder to see them skate off the ice for the last time yeah. than it was to skate on the ice for the first time. I mean, the first time is very memorable, but the last time is for, you know, that's the finality. And, and yeah. uh, you know, that was, uh, that was pretty tough, but you know, I'm, I'm proud of both of them, what they accomplished here at St. Mary's and, and uh, it was certainly a fun ride. Now you mentioned something that is a nice segue of, you know, for a lot of hockey players, high school is the end of the line. For me, it wasn't. My freshman year, we had 24 goalies trying out for six spots. What the heck did you see in me to keep me as the sixth goaltender? But you know, Joe, the thing is, is, is a lot of times you look at character. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to, you know, you, you, you have to, you have to weigh, not just, not just a person's individual talent, but you also have to look at, at them as a person, you know, I mean, look at, put it, put it this way, look at all you did for St. Mary's besides play hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was, there was stuff that we were doing, you know, you, I remember you making the mixtapes yep. or, or, uh, you know, to, to play in the games. I mean, things like that, you know, there was so much more to St. Mary's hockey for you than just playing the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were a part of it. You, you lived a part of it. It wasn't just, you know, two hours of practice in a, in a three hour game. I mean, you were, you were a part of it. And I think that, that you see that in people when they just, I mean, just their effort and tryouts, you know, it's, it's not just who's the best because mm-hmm. And, you know, you get 24 and as, as I've always said, and this is, this is something that I firmly believe that people don't understand is when you come to St. Mary's to play hockey, you usually are the best on your team. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you get here, everybody was the best. Right. Now you've got, you know, what were the 80, 80 people tried out They They were all the best. Mm-hmm. You know, on their teams or at least you know maybe first line players or starting goalie or whatever it is and and so there's not a lot of difference between a and z so what you do is you look for what intangibles does that person bring 
How hard are they going to work? How mm-hmm. much are they going to accept their role? You know, not everybody's going to be the starting goalie and goalie is probably the hardest position of all when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, playing, it's kind of like being a pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you could be a relief pitcher and maybe pitch once a, you know, once a week, you know, or you can be a, you know, you can be a goalie who's the, the, the third goalie and you may never play, but you know what, you're an integral part of that team. And I think that, I think that more and more people are, people are realizing that teammates are realizing that they're realizing the importance of every member of that team, not just that starting goalie. And I think that those are the things that, that it's not easy to be a a number three goalie. It's very hard because basically you practice, Mm -hmm. you know, you get to dress for games. Can, you know, you don't hope that somebody gets hurt, but you know what, they might (laughs) go in. But, but I think that it takes a special person to be able to fill that role. And, Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's, you know, that's, that position is so important and you could have a, you could have a third string goalie or, you know, you heck, you could be the third string on the JV, you know, but if you're not, if you're not a part of the team, if you're not going to, if you're worried about me and not we, Mm -hmm. then you're going to become a cancer in the locker room and that's just going to be bad for everybody. Well, you know, that type of, that type of personality we as coaches, when you have trials, we see that stuff. We see how hard people work. You know, we're doing, whether you're doing a Herbie or whatever it is, we see how hard people work and how hard they want it. And, and that, that weighs into it. People don't realize that how much that weighs into a selection, especially like you said, when you've got 24 goalies and you're only picking six, yep. you know, you've got to look at more than just, okay, how are they going to fit with the team? Well, I've said for years, I was a uh, four-year JV all-star. I, I, I was a locker room guy and I had the fastest door in the Mayak. But you know what? <laughs> you had a blast for four years. Oh God! That's- and, and that's what I followed up with. They say for four years, I didn't have to pay extra to play hockey. And those are probably four years of my favorite times playing hockey yep. too. Yep. You know? Yeah. It, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and I remember that first JV practice freshman year, uh, coach Manor, gets us all around center ice right after we stretch. He says, look around. You all want to be on varsity. You're not right now. He goes, we need you, each and every one of you to play a role. That might be first line center. That might be fourth line. We need you to play your role and accept it. And if you do that, you have a chance to move up. And I think that group we had that freshman year, we were pretty darn good. Yeah. And we we accepted it. You know, I, I think we lost two games all year. And you had fun. I mean, the thing oh, is, is, yeah. is, you know, we were able to, I think, I think back when you were in school, our JV program was, you know, it was a step below our varsity mm-hmm. and it was, you know, we, and we were able to move people up and down and, yep. and, and in and out. And, and I think that that was, you know, when heck, we had 80, 90 people would go come to trials. You yep. know, it's, my last game I dressed for, we won the JV championship at yeah. Augsburg arena. Uh, we, we had some good players back then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it was funny when, when we moved into our current house about eight years ago, the first national night out, I'm s- sitting at the park and the fire engine pulls up and this curly haired fellow gets off the rig and it was Colin Emmons. Oh, really? And we just kind of look at each other and, you know, it's, well, what are you doing here? Well, I live here. What are you doing here? <laughs> he he lives about a mile from me. Okay. And, he said, you know, yeah, a bunch of guys on the fire department have a beer league team. If we need a goalie, can we call you? And about a year later, I got the phone call. Hey, we need a goalie this season. I've been skating wow. with the team since. He's got little kids, so he doesn't play on the team anymore. But <laughs> thanks yeah, to him, he got me back in the game, and I see him every so often around town. It's pretty crazy how, uh, you know, and you, and you build, you know, you build those relationships and those friendships. And, and when you do come back, you know, or when you do see mm-hmm. somebody like that, it just immediately floods memories of, you know, of when you guys were here at St. Mary's or whatever it may be. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, when you, when you email me for this, it's like, you know, I, you start, you just start thinking back <laughs> to, to when you were there and it's, it's, it is, it's really fun to, to just think about. I, I played in the, in the Cardinal Excellence Fund, yeah. golf outing this past weekend and uh it was kind of nice for me because i didn't have to work <laughs> in heavy sports <laughs> but um i got to play with i had a i had a foursome of goalies so i played with my son and so the scores were pretty high played with greg dick <laughs> and we played with brian nearson who was a, a, a roommate of mine who was a goalie as well so uh 
you know, we had a lot of fun. And it was, you know, all of a sudden we said, well, wait a minute, we got four goalies here. No wonder our score isn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I asked Richie this the uh, when when I talked to him. You know, what did you think the first time you saw me on the ice? And and I loved his reaction. I don't know if it was uh, an insult or a compliment. And he said that my game was perfectly suited for the beer league. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to ask you the same question. The first time you saw me on the ice, because we did a lot of skating together oh. at camp. But the first time you saw me in net, what were you thinking? Well. I kind of agree with Richie. To be honest with you. <laughs> you know, we used to, I think the fun, the thing I, the thing I enjoyed about you was um, one, you, you were, you were just like a sponge, mm-hmm. you know, anything that I would say or suggest or whatever you were, you were all about it. Yep. No problem. I can do that. Or I can, you know, you know there was never a no in you, but I, but I really thought that there was a, there was a great chemistry between us. I mean, we, mm-hmm. We joked around. I think we joked around more than probably any other goalie that I ever coached. That we just we just had I, we enjoyed being together. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked working with you on the ice. I just liked, you know, I liked your attitude. And uh, you know, coming out of Chicago, there haven't <laughs> been a whole lot of goalies coming out of Chicago. Brother me, Rice, if I remember right, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, me and Eddie Olchek out of there, but goalies out of Chicago, it's probably me and Scott Darling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I don't think, uh, I think, I think if you wanted to, if you wanted to, uh, you had to get past the eight ball of being from brother rice was, I think your biggest, yeah. your biggest and you did that just fine. So, yeah. Uh, so for any goalie who came through St. Mary's in that era or came through camp, we got to watch these wonderful videos on goaltending. <laughs> yep, we did. Uh, yep. Do you still have those videos? <laughs> um, I do not, but you know, Fred Hennon and I made a video. Did you? And I do, and I do still have it. I uh, do still have it. What yeah. I remember most about those videos is, you know, it was the style I was taught in, and they were still teaching the skate safe, turn that yeah. leg over, do oh, the yeah. pad stack. Um and it was funny when, when you'd have one of us goalies sit in there with the other goalies to, oh. to watch these videos. <laughs> Usually we would find somebody's leg pad and use it as a pillow and fall asleep and tell oh. the kids, wake us when it's done. <laughs> it was almost like it was almost like we were required to do it. Yeah. So here, watch this video. But you know what's interesting is because when, when you when you suggested or mentioned that you wanted to have me on the show, that was the one thing that I thought about more than anything was I'm not sure that I could coach the goalies of today mm-hmm. because it's so very different than, than what it was. Even when you were, you know, heck when yep. you were at St. Mary's, we still talked about stand up goalies and, and butterfly goalies. Yep. Well, nobody stands up anymore. I mean, it's, there's not even, you know, and you certainly don't use a skate save. No, nope. you, you know, it just, it's just, I think that, I think that today's goalies are more athletic and I think that they're more, uh, what's the word I want to use? They just, I, I think they're just, they just flow. If you watch them, they do the, you know, when they're on their knees and they're pushing side to side and it's just like mm-hmm. graceful, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, I still sit there and go, stand up, get up <laughs> because that's, you know, that's the way I was, you know, it was, it was just a different time. Every time a goalie gets scored on when they're down in that RVH, I go, if you were hugging the post, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> no, right. and, that, and that part is true. And my Andy and I talk about that all the time because I hate yep. that one. I do yeah. hate that one. But the but the the whole movement, the slide from side to side, rather than trying to shuffle. I mean, yep. think about it. It's it's it makes sense. It's yeah. It's you know it's it's way more efficient than what we were trying to teach. But back Absolutely. then, that's what you taught. I mean, yep. that's what it was. That was the that was the style of. Well, the equipment would al- wouldn't allow us to move over. Absolutely. I know that because I'm wearing 20-year-old bonds from that era, and I cannot move like that. If, I want, right. if I'm down on my knees and I want to get to my post, I got to get up and push over. Right. Yep. You know, I can't just use yeah, that so one it's, leg. It's push. very different. And the equipment, you know, the equipment makes a big difference, too. I mean, you look at I would have loved to have had the, the gloves that they have now. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't miss anything. Yeah. You know, but uh, – you know, it's just, it's just different. And it's, and it's interesting to try and think about how you would, how I would coach now. It would be very difficult because it's just so different. 
mm-hmm. than what than what I was raised on and what I learned and, and, and how I taught, you know, and, and that's why I give people like Dave Rogalski and Ryan, you know, uh, Ryan S credit because they've adapted, you know, they've adapted with the, with the, with the change in, in goalies. I mean, it's a, it's a different, it's completely different position now. It and, is. Um, it really is. You know, I, I do think that they're, they're more athletic. I think, I, I think that I'm not sure there is, I, I don't know. Cause I don't know the NHL goalies, but I don't know if they're as smart from a, from a hockey Mm-hmm. sports i mean i look at i look at i always think that goalies make great coaches mm-hmm. because they have to they have to figure out everything that's on the ice they have to see everything that's going on and i just think that i think that that really is instilled in in uh, in helping make them to be to be good coaches absolutely now i i want to be respectful of time because i know you're a busy guy um so i want to shift gears a little bit um for years, and I, I didn't know this when I was going to St. Mary's, but uh, I've learned since every summer, you and your family have taken road trips out to the different state parks. Started, you know, when you had the boys, and s- since they've uh, grown and left the nest, uh, you and Dee Dee still, still go to the different state parks. When did that start, and you know, what was the um, impetus behind it? Well, Dee Dee was always a camper okay. growing up. She and her family always camped. And, and when we got married, um, I wasn't a camper. <laughs> I had a pool in the backyard. I was not a camper. Um, but she got me into it. And, and when, uh, when Andy was about 18 months old, we took our first trip to Rocky Mountain National Park. And we spent a week there. And, and every year until Joey, who is now 31, make sure I got that right, 31, <laughs> I don't want to screw up their name. Uh, we've done it every year. And so we, we haven't missed a year. We go, we go out West. Um, now, since the boys are out of the house, it's just Dee Dee and I, we're, we're tent campers. We've got a, you know, a little two person tent and, mm-hmm. and we'll go, you know, we'll go for Dee Dee's a teacher. So we'll go for four or five weeks out West and, and just uh, kind of tour the national parks. We try to pick a, you know, maybe a theme or a, or an area that we want to go to. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a time to unplug mm-hmm. recharge, you know, with, with her being a school teacher and me working here where it's just crazy for nine months, you know, we just kind of, it, it uses, it, it, it just brings you relaxation so that then maybe when you get back home, you're excited to get started again with, uh, you know, with your job or for her with school. Um, this year was a little bit different with, with COVID. Of course, mm-hmm. we weren't able to, to do much. We, um, we went to Grand Teton national park in Wyoming where, Joey is uh, my youngest is a um, park ranger. So we really spent some nice quality time with he and his wife, but uh, weren't able to go anywhere else because every place else we were supposed to go, we were supposed to go to Glacier, campgrounds were closed, we were supposed to go to Arches, National Park in Utah, closed. So, so really it was, it was pretty much a, a Grand Tetons and, and Yellowstone and then home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's, you know, it's important. And we've done it for so long now that, um, when, when the kids, when the kids were gone and out of that, and it was just Dee and I, we started to decide that we wanted to go to places that we've been before so that I can maybe see them for a last time because mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, I'm going to lose my eyesight because of the disease that I have. And, um, so we, we want to make sure that we, we have the time that we have and make it as memorable as possible. So we'll go to places and and just so that last time, you know, it could be maybe we don't make it back to Yosemite, but I have memories now of Yosemite National Park in California. And, and so if we're ever talking about it, I'll always have that. And so yep. that's kind of how it started with Dee Dee and I solo doing it. And now it's just like, oh, we just go. Let's go. We can't yeah. wait to go. So, well, and what's really fun, too, is from this, because of social media, you bring Big Red, your little cardinal yep. beanie, and you document it so all of us can, you know, yeah. See where you've well, been. And-, and, you know, it's, that's a great point, Joe. And, you know, we, we actually, we actually enjoy that, you know, yeah. we enjoy bringing because everybody should get out and, 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 and visit our national parks. They're, they're amazing. And, and, and so if, if, if we can provide people with just a little glimpse of what we get to experience, that's really cool. You know, and we've started to do, you know, we started to do some videos where we, you know, just do some goofy yeah. stuff. And those, those are hilarious. And, and so, you know, it's just, Hey, you know what, we're having fun. We're in a great place. 
come with us, yeah. you know, follow along. And, and I get that from a lot of people. I know I talked to Tom Rice, who uh, is a 79 grad and uh, a good, real good friend of mine played hockey at St. Mary's. And he says it every year. Yep. You guys are going on a trip. I'm following along. And, and so that's, that's important to us too. You know, yeah. we, we, we want that because we want to be able to share with you guys what we get to see. And, and there's just, you know, it's just this the United States is so amazing. Yeah. That, uh, you know, everybody needs to get out and, and, and enjoy it. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, shows on demand right now is from the Smithsonian channel, aerial America, where they just fly over the different States and show you all this stuff. And yeah. it's like, I, I feel like Liz lemon from uh, 30 rock. Every time I'm going, take me there. <laughs> I, I want to be there. Well, and the, uh, and the beauty, you know, Joe, the beauty of what Didi and I do is anybody can do it. Yep. You know, anybody can do it. And, and, and very inexpensively. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, we camp, so we're using a tent. It's like $20 a night, yep. you know. Now, granted, you got to sleep on the ground and, you know, cook your own food. But it's, 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 an, experience that, it's an experience that everybody should try. And, and, you know, you get those people that say, well, I have little kids and they can't do it. Yeah, they can. You know, I, I hauled Andy. He's 18 months. We hauled him everywhere we went. So My boy know. is a uh, Boy Scout now, so I go on as many of the campouts with them. Absolutely. And- in non-COVID times, they do a lot of campouts at the different state parks, and they go around to the different ones. Well, because of COVID, we haven't been able to go to the state parks, just the scout yeah. camps, which still fun. Uh, but I, I made sure to put that state park sticker to use during COVID, and Absolutely. every couple of weekends took the kids hiking and trying to hit the different state parks around town where it's under a two-hour drive. Yeah. I think we've hit all of them, so now we might have to drive yeah, a little farther. Out. There you go. There you <laughs> well, go. we we've started going to the uh, Wisconsin ones cause there's a few of them close by. Sure. So yeah, I, I, I'm all about that. Just unplug, spend some time together and it, it's great. So what's been your favorite park so far? Well, I mean, the Tetons, the Tetons are my favorite. I mean, that's, and it isn't just cause Joey's out there, but I've always <laughs> loved them. It's just the, the, the mountains are right on top of you. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're just, there's just something magical about them. But you know, we've been to, we've been to so many places that every one of them has something, you know, you've got Mount Rainier, you've got, uh, you know, Yosemite with, with Half Dome and, and uh, you know, and you've got El Capitan there. We've been to Alaska and uh, you know, we've been to uh, Wrangell St. Elias and, and uh, you know, all the national parks, most of the national parks up in Alaska and, you know, Glacier is a phenomenal place in, in uh, Montana. And it's just, you know, it, you pick one and, and it's just, it brings back fond memories. Mm-hmm. Last year, for the first time, we actually went, we always go West because the mountains are just amazing. But last year, we, last year, we went, uh, we went South. Mm-hmm. And we went down to Big Bend National Park in Texas, Guadalupe Mountains and, and uh, Carlsbad Caverns. And uh, so that was all new to us. It was, mm-hmm. it was one of those years that we went places that we had never been to before. And that's always fun, you know, cause you just don't know what to expect. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, what's, you know, here's where we're going. We have no idea. And so, uh, you know, though that's fun to do too, but you know, Rocky mountain for my wife, that's her favorite Tetons for me. Um, I could go there every year and just, you know, it's just, there was one year that we went to the Tetons and I told, I told Didi, I said, for an afternoon, I'm just going to take my chair and I'm just going to set it in a field and I'm just going to stare at the mountains. And I mm-hmm. grabbed a, you know, a six pack of beer and, and, uh, went out in the field and I just sat there and I sat there for hours and I just stared. There's just, it, there's something about that place that just kind of gives me peace. And, and, and I can just, just sit there and, and just look at the, uh, you know, God's amazing creation. Yeah. There, there's two things in that you mentioned the beer. I, I too am a craft beer aficionado and I'm very envious of all the craft beer breweries you guys have stopped along the way too. And then on top of it, you rub it in that you're going there. (laughs) The thing thing is, is, is I give, I give uh, my youngest son, Joey, most of the credit. He's Mm -hmm. the one that really got me into craft beer. And he is, I mean, if there's an aficionado, uh, he is it. But um, you know, whenever, whenever we travel now, and this year was, we weren't able to do it because of COVID, but whenever we travel, that's one of the things we try to do is we try to find, you know, in these, in these little towns that we go through, Hey, do they have a brewery? Mm-hmm. You know, let's go stop and have a, just, we'll go stop and have a beer. And it's, yeah. you know, you, you have some amazing ones. And, and, uh, you know, we've been out in Wyoming. I've got a couple now that are my absolute favorites and can't wait to go visit Joey so I can pick some up and bring it home. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's another part of the adventure that, that, that Didi and I have created is, yeah. is another thing that we can do, um, 
you know, just the two of us and, and, and is pretty easy to do. Yeah. Now you mentioned just sitting out there and looking at the mountains for, you know, an afternoon and my folks now live on a coastal Island in North Carolina on the ocean. And, uh, first time I went out there, uh, my dad was going to do his volunteering at the aquarium for the day. My mom was out of town. So I said, I'm going to go sit on the beach and read my book. Three hours later, I had yet to open my book. I was just watching the waves, watching the yeah. dolphins behind the fishing boats. And, you know, it's, and then it was, it you know, there's, there's something about it, Joe. And, you know, when, when uh, uh, we went to L- Olympic National Park in Washington and one evening, the neat thing about that place is, is you can have fires on the, on the beach. Mm-hmm. And so we gathered firewood and we, we, had a fire and sun starts to set and we're watching it. And you, I mean, you literally can see it go over the horizon and we're sitting there and we're watching it and it's going down and it's going down and it's going down. And it finally goes, goes down. And, you know, we're just like, you know, giddy. And also all you hear is this clapping from all over. (laughs) And it was just people that literally just, and they clapped because of the sunset and you could just watch it. And it was just, you know, it was, it was like your little slice of heaven all by yourself and then all of a sudden you hear it from all over the place are these people clapping, enjoying the same thing that you just saw. And that's, yep. yeah. So you guys have taken these wild adventures. Um, as you mentioned, because of um, your eye disease, you have your own chauffeur. So when you do stop at those breweries, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but oh, <yeah. laughs> what's what's been the scariest adventure you guys have been on um, going through the, I'm going to guess it's going through the mountains at some point. Well, for Dee Dee, it's going through the tunnels because she hates tunnels. And I always video it because <laughs> she literally hates tunnels. And, uh, but you know, we've had, we've had some, we've had some close encounters with wildlife. There was, there was a time we were in Alaska, in Alaska, when you're, when you're, um, we went to Mount Denali. And when you go to that national park, you can, you have to take a, uh, a shuttle bus. It's, mm-hmm. only, it's only road in the park and you have to take a shuttle bus, but you can get off anywhere you want. And then you go do your hiking and then you go back to the road and the bus will pick you up and take you back. But we were on, we decided, yeah, let's stop here. And we, we get off, we get off the bus and we start hiking up this, um, this little, uh, when little, but this hill mountain and, um, Andy's in the lead and then there's Joey and then there's me and Dee Dee's straggling behind singing John Denver and, you know, (laughs) Andy gets to, uh, to a, a little, uh, whatever clearing or whatever and he looks back behind Dee, Dee and he just yells bear and we all turn and if if uh Dee's standing one way and right perpendicular to her there's a bear running right across the right across the field and uh probably about probably about 50 yards from her and he gets past and Dee, Dee looks up at Andy and says I'm ready to go and that was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty scary because, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to mess with those, those grizzlies are, no. are you know, they're not scared of humans like black bears. Yeah. But, uh, it, that was, that was probably the scariest, uh, scariest experience we've had. And I tell the story all the time because it was, yeah, it was pretty memorable. We've seen, <laughs> we've seen a lot of wildlife in our, uh, in our travels and in our, um, in our, uh, journeys, but, um, that was the one where we, we didn't really get to enjoy seeing the wildlife. It was more, please go away. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the uh, movie with Robert Redford and Nick Nolte where they hike the Appalachian Trail? I have not. I believe it's called Into the Wild. You would enjoy it. There's a, I won't give you any spoilers, but there's a few discussions about bear and they're, they're funny. Um, so you mentioned Dee Dee's a school teacher and because of distance learning, she's had a few um, interesting videos that she shared on social media where you've uh, made a guest appearance. Yeah, <laughs> we actually, you know, the, the I, thing I, is, what what uh, what Didi found out last uh, last spring was was how difficult distance learning is. Yeah, yeah, you know, and for her, I mean, she's she's been teaching now for twenty two years, fifth grade, all twenty two years, and um, last spring, I mean, she had to re teach herself you know Mm -hmm. she's never taught via zoom or or, you know anything like that you know it's always been in person and you're you can you can you know you can pretty much do a lesson plan out of your head because you've done it for so long well now everything is new and she's got to recreate everything and she's like how am I gonna you know how am I gonna teach this how am I gonna teach that and she's like I'm I'm just gonna make videos Mm -hmm. and so you know I'd be her 
I'd be her dummy and and her and, sideshow and I, Bob. I actually I actually enjoyed it. You know, it was a lot of fun, and the kids liked it. And yeah. you know, part of it is this 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 time we're in right now is hard on everybody. Yeah, you know, if we can bring a little enjoyment to learning, why not? You know, I mean, if you want to use me as the as the as the goofball clown, that's fine. I, you know, if, if the kids like it, that's uh, that's what it's all about. And you know, um, she came up with some really neat, uh, you know, neat ideas and, and and videos to make. And you know, if I wasn't trying to spoil it, I would be helping it. And you know, I, was, I feel like there was very little uh, encouragement needed for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't. There was not much encouragement needed. <laughs> so one of the things I'm trying to do with each episode is I, I like to ask a series of rapid fire questions to wrap things up. Um, and it's just kind of the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is the craziest coaching moment you have incur- encountered during your playing or coaching days. I'm thinking the Mike Keenan throwing the sticks type of crazy moment. Well, we had one, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but we had one when I was coaching high school. Um, we had a, a, one of our, our players was at the point offensive zone took a slap shot and a fairball player, it hit him right in the chest. And it, uh, I mean, it, 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 it caused, they need to get the ambulance and, and whatnot, but their parents wanted to fight us because they claimed that our player did it on purpose. And it was like, I mean, it was a scary, you mm-hmm. know, the police had to be called and people had to be restrained. And it's just kind of like, this is not what hockey's all about. But, uh, that would probably be the craziest, craziest yeah. time that I've had. Uh, your favorite all-time goalie mask? A Bernie Perrant. The old, plastic, <laughs> the, old uh, the old full, full plastic with the little Philadelphia Flyers logos on them. I had a feeling that was going to be your answer. <laughs> I, I know he's your favorite. He is. Um, the, your all-time favorite rink to skate at? I skated at, you know, this is going to be St. Mary's point in, uh, in Stillwater, little rinky dink mm-hmm. rink that was colder than you have any idea. Cause we just have to skate there at like six in the morning. If we used that rink when we were growing up, but just something about it, that was just kind of just an old rinky dink little town rink. And, uh, you know, anytime you knew you were going to practice there, you knew it was going to be cold. <laughs> Put the long towns on my mine still is, uh, the rank that your office is connected to. Yep. And I think it's because of the memories. Absolutely. Um, your favorite stick that you've used? My favorite stick. Well, the one that I usually used was a Northland. Okay. And that was, that was, yeah, I remember you're going way back. Yeah. The, the, there weren't yep. many options. Though. No, there weren't many options. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your favorite youth hockey memory. I think, uh, we used to host a, a, a tournament in River Falls and um, it was, it was like a Friday night and a Saturday and you got to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. And so you don't usually do that when you, when we were kids back when we were playing. And, and so we'd have this tournament and we'd get to stay overnight and stay in a hotel and all the people were with, you know, all the team was there. We'd get to run the penalty box when, uh, when other games were played. It was just like being a, you know, just being a kid and getting to do almost anything you want to do. We get to sit in the gold judge chairs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so uh, it was, it was a weekend that we always look forward to every year. And it just was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, um, next one is the best chirp you've heard on the ice. Oh, I don't, I don't, I think I'm going to pass on that one. One, one, I'll, it wasn't so much a chirp as it just made the entire bench laugh. Uh, we were playing at Shattuck St. Mary's and we were losing and coach Manor says, if you you guys lose no French fries on the way home (laughs) and Mike Walsh, grandpa Walsh gets a breakaway and scores. And the first question is, how do you get a breakaway grandpa? And he said, I don't know. I think everybody was back checking so hard. They skated past me. And then he just sits down and he goes, nobody F's with my French fries. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, I did have one when I was coaching, uh, I was coaching peewees and, uh, we were a peewee A team that should have been a peewee B team. We had 10 skaters and we were playing in Hastings. I always stood on the bench cause I was too short. So I always stood on the, on the bench and we were in our defensive zone cause that's where we lived is in the defensive zone. And I was right at the blue line, right where the ref was. 
And um, I had a puck in my hand and I go to him, I says, hey, Stripes. And he kind of looks over his shoulder at me. I says, is it okay if I throw this puck down there? Because they won't let us use that one. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be my best, my best chirp. Is he talk about, you know, having fun with the refs my first beer league game was this weekend since covid and the refs came out and i looked at him i said you know i've kind of missed your kind (laughs) (laughs) um and and then there was a goal scored on me it was the third shot i made the first two saves and the third one went in i looked at the ref i said don't you know covid rules you're supposed to blow it dead after two saves (laughs) (laughs) um as a fellow beer aficionado I, i think you'll have a good answer for this one. The worst post-game beer you've had? Uh, Natty Light. I'm with you there. Yep. Uh, my, mine, mine's still a warm bush light somebody decided to bring. Yeah, that would be that would be number two. I would, I yeah. would definitely, <laughs> not a bush light fan, that's for sure. When I was at St. Mary's, a lot of the boys would drink Natty Light because they could get a 30 case for $3.99 down, down at the bottom of the hill. I don't need to go cheap anymore. So Right. I, I drink for the stuff. taste, not for the effect. Um, when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? I went toe to heel. Okay. Um, one of the few goalies I know that does that. Yeah, I went toe uh, to heel. That was an easy answer, too. Uh, favorite number to wear? Number one. Uh, it was number one because Bernie Perrant and I know Andy now, Moore, too. You. I have a fast... What is up with goalie numbers? I don't know. If you watch the game, if you watch the game last night, they were 80 and 90. Yeah. I I, I don't know why they're all over the place. And then the, um, the Edmonton goalie had 19. Yeah. Um, Vasilevsky's 88. I I don't know. I don't know why they're going crazy. I think it's all Belfort's fault. Well, he went to 20 for Trechiak. Exactly. But still, he started that whole get out of the thirties thing. It drives me crazy. Well, to be fair, it was Ron Hextall with his 27 yeah, started that. Yeah. But he, he wanted to be a forward anyway, so that That's right. That's sense. right. That yeah. one made sense. <laughs> and the, the last question, um, as we encroach on the top of the hour, advice for young goalies? Well, my biggest advice for young goalies would be you, you have to be, actually probably more for a little older, but you have to be thick-skinned. You have to be able to, to wipe away a goal, not take it personally. You know, I mean, I'm sure you always, you, I'm sure you remember when we taught goalies at camp, they score a goal. What are you supposed to do? You Forget sweep about out it. the crease. Yeah. You sweep out the crease, you sweep away that goal and you get focused on the next one. Cause yep. it's, it's, um, goalies, a goalie, being a goalie can be the f- most fun position you could ever play, but it's also the most difficult because mm-hmm. you know what? No matter what happens, you let the puck go in. Yep. I always told, I remember, I used to always tell my, my young goalies, you cannot blame any player for a goal being scored, but they can all blame you. I, I got some beer league footage. I, we can blame some of my defensemen on the goals. Well, yeah, but going. <laughs> the reality, is, the reality is, is they're going to come back and say, yeah, but you let it in. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So you just have to be thick-skinned. You have to, you have to be able to shake it off, and you just have to understand that People aren't going to be. People aren't going to hold it against you. They're not going to think you're a, you're a lesser person if you have a bad game or you know you right. let in a couple of soccer. They're not going. To, you know, it's it's part of life. Yeah. If you're going to be a goalie. You just have to be able to handle that because that's the way it's going to be. You're going to have teammates and you're going to have players that are going to say it was your fault we lost. Well, if you let in four goals, technically they're yep. not wrong, but you just have to understand that they're not right either. Yeah. And some nights it is my fault. <laughs> you know, th- th- thanks to the concussions I had, it's easy for me to forget those goals too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Donnie, I can't thank you enough. It's It's been great talking to you. Um, you know, I, I almost miss sitting in Coach Manor's office on the couch because yep. the three of us and sometimes other players be in there talking. So it was nice well, to... Thank you for having me. I yeah. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I can't thank Donnie enough, not just for his time today to talk on this episode, but for his guidance through my four years at St. Mary's and our continued friendship since. Be sure to follow Donnie on social media at SMUSID on both Twitter and Instagram. 
If anything, he is worth the follow just to see Big Red Summer Adventures through the nation's national parks. I'll have links to his social accounts in the show notes as well. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Simply search for Washed Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and all podcast episodes of Tendy Talk. I need to give a big thank you to the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes and listen to them wherever you stream music. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Also, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk and work something out. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.